Welcome to another episode of Hemp Barons. On today's show, Joy gets to talk about one of her favorite hemp co-products, hemp seed and hemp oil. Her guest has been producing hemp oil for nearly two decades. Let's join Joy's conversation with Roger Gushis from Healthy Oil Seed. Well, welcome, Roger. Thank you so much for being with us on Hemp Barons today. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. I really appreciate it, and uh, I appreciate what everything you've done for for the, for hemp, promoting it, and and educating all of us. Thank you so much. So thanks for being such a your involvement uh, from in, from the past and also the present, and and I'm sure in the future too. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you back, Roger, and and a largest thank you because you're involved in hemp grain. As you know, because we've known each other for a little bit of time now, brother, and worked with each other a little bit, uh, I love me some hemp extract. I think CBD is amazing. And also, I've been involved in this plant for 30 years because of the oil, seed, and fiber aspects of the plant, with my two favorite products being hempcrete and hold hemp seeds. As we often talk about on the show, hemp seed is the densest form of nutrition that we can come up with in the seed. It is the highest digestible form of protein in the entire planet animal kingdom. So more digestible protein than soy, chicken, beef, or whey. And why is that? Uh, It has no trypsin inhibitors, of course. Trypsin inhibitors are these properties that exist in food and particularly in chicken, beef, soy, and whey that prevent our bodies from being able to absorb protein. In addition to the fact Uh, that it has almost a full supply or a full count of amino acids, just a little lacking in lysine, which we can get in other parts of the food supply fairly easily. But And the fact that there's 60% at least Edison protein, generally speaking, uh, in hemp grain genetics. So just the most valuable, absorbable form of protein that we can get all in a gluten-free, vegetarian, fast-growing form. It's amazing. And then, of course, that cold-pressed oil, and as well as the seeds that have that perfect ratio of omegas 3s to 6, those essential fatty acids, and why are they essential? Because we need to have them for our body and brain functioning, and we don't produce them in our own body. We have to get them from our food supply. And so, Roger, Healthy Oil Seeds, which is your company, of course, has been involved in grain and grain processing for quite some time. You'll correct me if I'm wrong here. I think since 2002, based in North Dakota and dealing with, of course, flax, as well as borage, another medicinal plant, and now hemp. What brought you into hemp, uh, Roger? And then tell us, please, about the origins of healthy oil seeds. Okay, uh, Joy, well, we got we started with oil seeds. or started with this business in 2002. You're absolutely right. And we, we were working at, uh, I just thought there's opportunity in exporting some different oil seeds and also getting involved with some of the processing. And at that time, we really couldn't do much with hemp. Uh, in Canada, they could, but we could not in, in the States here in, in America. And uh, at tw- on year 2016, I'd, I'd been in, involved with a small amount of lobbying in our state, trying to get it, get to be able to uh, plant the crop and also to process the crop in North Dakota. But I wasn't near as involved as what you were. But um, at year 2016, we were able to process hemp or grow hemp in North Dakota, and we were able to process it. I was one of the first to grow it. We got to grow 15 acres. There's five farmers picked to grow uh, 15 acres each. 
we grew that. It went really well. I grew two different varieties. And then since then, I, I, I mean, and I bought up all the hemp in the state that year, processed it, had a little bit of problem with marketing, crossing state borders, things like that, but uh, it worked out quite well. Now we process, or for the last couple of years, we process 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, cold pressing oil, and we do cold pressing the hemp seed for oil and for protein. And uh, we also do milling and sifting. That's kind of where we got started. Milling, of course, being, and when we talk about hemp in specifically, we're talking about protein powders, are we not? You're right. You're absolutely right. When you're doing these, this cold press expelling, you're getting two products. You're getting the oil and you're getting hemp seed cake or hemp seed meal. And then that's, that's larger pieces. And we want to break them into smaller pieces so they'll dissolve easier and just easier to work with, uh, depending on what kind of product's being used. But, but uh, uh, milling to make the product particles smaller. Indeed. And, and folks often think, and I used to think, uh, you know, even as recently as I think seven years ago, that hemp protein powder came from you just took those hulled seeds and you crushed them up and it made a, a powder. Well, no, in fact, that would make a butter, not a powder that, it, that it's truly, yeah, that, that seed cake, which is the co-product and I love that we don't even, I don't like to use the word byproduct at all as concerns hemp because there is no byproduct in hemp. There are only co-products. I love it that you've taken it a step further and said we get two products when we, when we press that seed. We get that incredibly rich essential fatty acid and omega rich cold pressed oil. So nutritious. Um, and in fact, so nutritious that we don't cook with it, do we, Roger? We don't like it to go above 124 degrees Fahrenheit if we can avoid that. Isn't that the case? That's right. Yes, it is a, a little bit unstable oil. Any any oils that are high in, higher in omega-3, it just doesn't work well to... To, to go above, like you mentioned, that 124 degrees. It's, uh, uh, it, it, so, I mean, that's the, a little bit of a, uh, I, I don't know if you'd call it a problem, but that's uh, one of the traits of uh, oil seeds that are, that are uh, high in omega-3s. I don't think it's a problem or a challenge at all. I think there are oils that are best for cooking and there are oils that are best raw and hemp is one of them. And that's all. It's, a, it's just as simple as that, right? Indeed. And then, so you get that beautiful, rich oil, but what comes out the other side of the press, and, and, and I know, of course, because I'm a co-founder and senior advisor to Colorado Hempworks, and these presses are going as they are at Healthy Oil Seeds, boys, seven days a week, and you get this valuable, nutrient-dense, protein-dense seed cake out the other side. And that is what we can then mill um, into the different protein powders and with different uh, sizes of mesh for lack of a, or sifting for lack of a more descriptive term, um, so that we would get with the thinnest or the smallest mesh, uh, we would get the finest and highest content of protein powder. And then as the mesh or sifters become larger in size, we would get more and more of the hulls, which are the shell of the hemp seed, which of course have their own incredible nutritious properties, everything from very valuable dietary fiber to folic acid and other minerals and the protein powders become from a more green color into a more brown color as the hulls uh, make their way through those, those largest mesh meshes. Um, and are you doing any toasting over there by any chance or is everything that um, Healthy Oil Seeds is doing with hemp raw right now? 
We we are doing some toasting or roasting, whatever. I guess guess I've heard it both ways, and we do some of that, yeah, definitely. And we've also done a little bit of uh, toasting the the hemp seed just to get it a little different taste to the oil. Sometimes we've tried that a little bit, and and uh, just giving a, a toasted hemp seed oil. We've we've tried many different things, and we want to continue to do that, but. Uh, uh, it seems like a lot of people though prefer it raw. There's not so much demand in the toasting or the toasting of the product, and just a little bit more uh, demand for the for the raw product. It seems like, but we do do it if if it's if it's uh, we get an order. Indeed, so a, a custom order, so to speak, it can be done. And I think the toasting or the roasting, as you say, I, oh, I love the ro- I love using the word roast. I hope you don't mind by quote unquote borrow that term from you. I I think I might prefer roasting. Um, the issue, of course, <laughs> the issue being the same thing with the oil, and that is if you're looking for really taking advantage of all the nutrition that hemp, the true superfood that needs a super cake has, you go for the raw. Why, why roast it at all when you know that that is going to, uh, I hate to use the word, damage or reduce the, the true nutritional profile of the seed itself? Um, and are you seeing, as we certainly are, um, are, are you seeing a, a large demand for USDA certified organic hemp seed over conventional? Yes, we are seeing a, 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 a slight amount. It seems like it's, it's a more growing demand for the organic product. I mean, if people want to eat something healthy, and, and they, they a lot of, most people are requesting organic, so we are getting a, a larger and larger or growing demand for organic over conventional. Yes, but most of the conventional product is raised. It might have been raised in a in a field that had pesticides or fertilizers put on in the past, but but it it cannot it, legally there are no pesticides labeled, so there won't be any pesticides put on it. But but there yeah there's a chance that fertilizer could be applied. They're growing quite similar, but but there is more demand for organic. You're absolutely right. So much so, and in fact, my understanding is that the EPA. Some maybe six or nine months ago, maybe closer to six, time is going so fast, Roger, that it is really messing with my ability to to orient myself these days. Because in hemp years, I mean, one hemp year is like 10, 10 regular years, like dog years. Um, but that the, EPA, <laughs> that the EPA did, uh, within the last six or nine months, approve 10 um, pesticides for hemp. Now, they're not always, yes, they did indeed. And, and a matter of fact, after the show, I'm going to just shoot you that list just so you have the, the link uh, for, for your reference. Absolutely. Now, having said that, uh, if we're using regenerative agricultural practices, there are many folks who can grow hemp, uh, even with what folks might consider to be more pristine or organic or regenerative practices than even USDA certified organic requires. Uh, for that certification. But whether whether here or there, the bottom line is the market in general, consumers want to see that symbol, they want to see that seal, and there is uh, a demand for it. Having said that, there's lots of conventional hemp throughout North America um, that folks would not need to concern themselves with just because it does not have that seal. But we certainly understand the market value and the consumer need or desire for that seal. Yes. Yes, we do pesticide testing on all of our products, uh, along with lots of other types of testing, including micros and things like that. But as far as pesticide testing, we test for that even if there isn't, even on organic products. I mean, we want to make sure that all of the, all of our products go out and they're clean products and they're good, they're healthy, and 
uh, you feel 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 good about feeding them to your 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 children, your your mother and father, and uh, dogs, pets, whatever. Yes. And I don't doubt it for a moment, brother. You've been involved in this industry for ingesting grains for since 2002 at minimum. So CGMPs are nothing new to healthy oil seeds, uh, which we love. By as a matter of fact, as you well know, many folks are getting into the hemp industry because they're inspired. And we love that. And it's also important that folks make changes in their lives and move from one career to another and find their purpose and do work that they're finding fulfilling and, and inspiring. And also, in particular, when it comes to human or animal ingestion, if you have no experience at all in manufacturing products, whether they're dietary supplements, drugs, foods, or even ingested via the skin, um, please familiarize yourself, folks, with CGMPs for manufacturing and the legal requirements for quality insurance and safety. And that's why uh, folks like you are such, and, and healthy oil seeds are such an asset to the growing hemp economy and to the folks who are by the dozens and hundreds all the time. In fact, we know that Technavio is saying that there's going to be a 24% compound annual growth rate in hemp grain between now and 2022 because of gluten intolerance increased celiac and because of a need and a search for vegetarian and vegan uh, sources of protein. So um, it's just so wonderful to have folks like you who are, who have added hemp like farmers. We want existing experienced farmers to add hemp into their rotation. And we want to see existing experience. They're sort of the favorite right now. So we don't do anything to jeopardize these emerging industries with a putting out a product or that is unsafe or not quality assured, um, you've taken on hemp. You've added hemp to your rotation, as it were. And I, I want to speak um, about the flax and borage products that you also make. But before we do that, of course, you are a North Dakota company. And you've had the benefit in North Dakota of having Roger Johnson there for all of these years, the president of the um, – National Farmers Union, but also a very early supporter and advocate for hemp and the legalization of hemp as an agricultural commodity. Have you had any interactions throughout your journey in North Dakota, your hemp and journey with Roger Johnson or the National Farmers Union? I have. It's been a few years. Uh, we've we've uh, been involved. I, I do know him and I, I, I mean, fairly well. And, and I guess he I mean, he, he knows me probably a little bit, not so much. He's, he's he meets a lot of people. But a wonderful person. I was involved in in lobbying him and and talking to him, trying to to encourage him to 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 promote hemp and hemp growing in the state of North Dakota, get it legal. But uh, he was uh, he was always for it. Just didn't take any lobbying to con convince him. He was always for it and always always wanted to see farmers grow it. Uh, also traveled overseas with him a little bit on some trade missions. We do some exporting in our business too. Uh, mostly some of the other oil seeds. We've done business now in 22 countries and, and 49 states. Uh, and as far as other countries, um, uh, the, we're getting more and more involved in exporting. We've exported to about five different countries now, hemp products. And I feel really good about that and introducing them to such a good and healthy product. So fantastic. Just great, great work. I did not realize, I should have assumed, in fact, and I'm surprised that I didn't, that you've been exporting to other countries, but five additional countries. Boy, are you a huge part 
of building this supply chain, building the awareness, and, and again, building the hemp economy. We need folks to vote with their dollars to really show the demand for these products. And when folks are doing putting out high-quality, safe, fantastic products like Healthy Oil Seeds, and going out there and educating and networking, that's really chopping the wood and carrying the water for advancing and delivering on the promise of this most versatile and, and valuable crop. Let's talk for a few minutes about some of the other um, botanicals or grains uh, and fiber plants, as it were, that you also process at Healthy Oil Seeds, and that's flax and borage. Could you tell us a little bit about those products and those crops? Well, uh, we first got started, both of those, those crops, flax and borage are the first crops we work with, our first oil seeds we work with, and uh, uh, we had some demand or had a chance to do getting to involved in exporting and, and then processing of both of those two a little bit, producing some oil and some cake or protein from both of them, and it's worked out well for us, but it just, uh, and uh, flax, there's still quite a bit of demand for it, borage, there's quite as much of demand. Uh, uh, we've done a little bit with cosmetics with in, in borage. We've also done some cosmetics uh, work with hemp in cosmetics being used in cosmetics. And I think that there's going to be more and more demand for that too. I mean, like you talk about what is it like 25,000 different uses for hemp. And I think there's probably, uh, it just seems like there's something every day. Uh, Peps or uh, Colgate just added it to their toothpaste. Did you know that hemp oil? I had no idea. Roger, you are filling me in on a pretty hot news tip. I had no idea. I'm going to be Googling that the second we're finished with this interview. Colgate has added hemp seed oil to their formulation. Yes, that's right. That to one of their one of their toothpaste, they said it's hard to get, it's hard to find because it's selling out so fast, going selling so well, but it's a it's one of the first made I mean, one one real major company that got into using hemp seed oil, which is a big plus for us. A major plus, and I, I wanted to say that between the cosmetics and the industrial sealants and coatings, those uses, we don't want to use hemp seed for biodiesel. We, we'd love to use, you know, the methyl or ethanol that can, uh, methane and ethanol that can come from, from separating or fractionalizing the sugars and cellulose and hemicellulose and lignans of the plant, but, but not for fuel. But I think we're going to see lots of demands for these cosmetics and industrial products as well as time goes on. And, and please continue on with board, borage and flax and, and however else I managed to interrupt you, sir. Okay. Uh, thank you, Joy. And uh, yeah, we've been uh, flax and, and borage. We've, there's many, many uses and we're finding more and more uh, things that that could be used for also as far as we do also use flax for as a, as a fiber, uh, a little bit like, um, like hemp. Uh, we, we sell some flax straw for that reason, and, and hemp, hemp is, is, we're starting to sell some of that too for some of the fiber for, uh, for many different uses. Um, and as far as borage, we, we, we're, we got into that. There's some uses. It's a high source. It's called a, a type of omega-6. It's gamma-linolaic acid, and we sell some for that reason. And then also we sell uh, some of the borage for um, uh, uses uh, uh, people that have horses like to, to, to include that in the, the ration or, or as, as a supplement.
And that gamma-linoleic acid of which you speak, that is, of course, that's a long-chain polyunsaturated essential fatty acid, which is very difficult to come by. Um, I didn't realize that that borage was a source of, of GMA. That's fascinating. And what has really fascinated me about your answer here is, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like we're not just processing grain at healthy oil seeds, processing the fiber as well. So are you also processing so you're processing the stock of, of the flax plant in addition to the seed and the stock of the hemp plant in addition to the seed, Roger? No, no we are not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make to, to confuse you or anything. I, I'm sorry. I mislead you. Uh, we are just uh, selling some of the fiber as far as to some, some companies that want the fiber, uh, but we aren't processing. I'd love to be in it, though. I think the fiber side of, of hemp is, is as promising as the food or maybe even as pro promising as the cannabinoid side. Uh, I, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm really excited about, about fiber, but I, we're not really in it right now yet. But we'd like to someday. Got it. Of course. We're always talking about hemp because it's so versatile. You know, we could add a line, add a line, add a line, meaning adding another uh, another aspect of the processing process to the existing facility, right? And I, one of my biggest heroes in hemp is Albert Dunn of Dunn Agro in Holland. Um, just absolutely adore him. He's created the hemp bull. He was a, a great resource and still a major resource, obviously, but we don't have to necessarily import from Holland anymore, thank God, uh, herd or that inner woody, cur inner woody core of the hemp plant processed with, to a specific geometric particle range and, and other specifications so that it is a consistent building material for hempcrete, which is that uh, construction infill. And then he added a line. He added the ability then to take that vast fiber, the outer bark of the hemp stock, and process that into non-woven mats. We're growing mats and insulation. And then over time, he added a line and made this beautiful hemp bull combine so that it went and takes the top of these long uh, fiber plants and takes the flowering tops and leaves from the top, which only have about 3 to 4% CBD, not like these marijuana-looking or individually cared-for high-extract hemp plants uh, here in the United States that have much more resin and much more CBD content but are only being grown for their extract, whereas Albert Dunn is, is growing for that valuable stock as well as that 3 to 4% uh, flowering tops and leaves at the top of the plant. And then he extracts those and has a little CBD product line that helps move the company along for both pets and humans. So we see this ability to constantly be adding a line. Um, and I so hope that your vision eventually comes true for healthy oil seeds. You are certainly perfectly situated for that, especially in the great state of North Dakota. And in fact, Maybe another way that I could ask the question, which what's coming up is how on earth are you getting your hands on the fiber when you're processing grain? Because, of course, for Colorado Hemp Works, we're purchasing the grain cleaned, hopefully to our spec, so we don't have to re-clean it, uh, and then we process it. Whereas Healthy Oil Seeds is a three-generation farm. Um, farming is really in your blood. Are you getting the fiber aspects of this from the crops that you're growing yourself or some other source? Well, we are not farming anymore. I farmed for 38 years. I farmed for a long time. And I lost a son a few years ago. And he was very involved along with this business, our oilseed business, and also our hemp business, and also our farming. He's very involved with it. 
and I just decided I couldn't continue doing both. Both, so I I rent their farmland out, and I, I grew hemp in in 2016. That was my last year of farming. We grew. We had a little larger farm, about 5,000 acres, or a little over 5,000 acres, and I decided to get out of farming. I just couldn't handle both businesses, uh, so uh, we rent our farmland out, and we're we are. Um, running this oil seed plant and it just it's 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 very busy the way it is and i i just so i'm not farming anymore got you no it's not an easy life the farmers are the true heroes here and i'm very excited for a world that has lost that awareness um not all of us have lost that awareness and there are a tremendous amount of of um, very dedicated folks from permaculturists and regenerative agriculturists to, of course, the gigantic existing farming community that is well aware of the fact that if not for the top six inches of soil and rainfall, we would all be dead. It is all on the farmers. Um, and they're the ones who take the risks. They're the ones who take the hits. And for folks who think that farming is simple, farmers are meteorologists. Farmers are IT departments. Uh, farmers are agronomists. Farmers are some of the most intellectual, dedicated human beings that we have contributing to our life on planet Earth. Um, and thank you for the 38 years that you dedicated to serving in that critical role for human survival. Um, and also, you have well earned your retirement from farming, Roger. And we're so <laughs> and we're so glad. Well, thank you, Joy. I, I appreciate that. And I, I have 30 years, 38 years of farming. I love farming. And I have, after getting out of agriculture, production agriculture, or, or getting out of farming, I have more admiration and respect for farmers than I've ever had. Like you, you just said that, the, the, that as far as all of the uh, risk-taking involved and, 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 it's, uh, and you have, you're out of control. I mean, or so many things are out of your control as far as there's, there's governments that are involved with your, your business. And there's there's uh, uh, Mother Nature and the amount of rainfall or the too much rain too little rain uh not enough sun too much sun all these things like this and the the it's it's a, it's a very tough tough business and it, and i really have a lot of admiration and respect for farmers you and me both and and when we discuss the fact that in canada in 1998 as you know uh they started to regulate federally not on a state by state or province by province Although, believe me, on some days when I'm dealing with 50 different states' uh, laws, I'm thinking, boy, it would be nice to just have some few, a few provinces. But, but the bottom line is they began to regulate at the federal level hemp as an agricultural commodity, not for extract purposes, but for oil, seed, and fiber, with federal crop insurance. Right out of the gate, the country of Canada began to do that for 1998. And that accessibility for federal crop insurance is what really empowered the country of Canada to become, and oh, we're giving them a run for their money. And I, I want to see North American and global success here. And of course, some of our biggest partners and allies are in Canada, and we never uh, forget that. Um, but also, as I sit here and say, that that availability of federal crop insurance in Canada is what empowered Canada to quickly position itself as the global leaders. And again, we're going to get there in hemp bulk food processing ingredients. Whereas here in the United States, the 2020 growing season is actually the first growing season that, because we only just legalized hemp as an agricultural commodity through the 2018 Farm Bill, um, which was enacted on January 1 of 2019, but 2020 growing season is the first year that our farmers here will have access to federal crop insurance. 
And then we further complicate things. And this is not specific to hemp or cannabis or anything. It's just the complications of crop insurance in general, uh, that those application materials were due on March 16th in order to be able to gain federal crop insurance for the 2020 growing season. And part of those applications included the need for an executed contract with your buyer, which have been hard to come by. So that's another challenge for farmers. And if folks can really wrap their head around the fact that particularly for extract farming and the grain farmers, and there have been many um, who grew under agricultural pilot programs in, in prior years here since the 2014 Farm Bill was signed, which legalized hemp for agricultural commodity, uh, agricultural pilot programs as opposed to commodities. Um, the risks that they took, no crop insurance at all. And also, for the most part, when we were talking about extract varieties as opposed to grain, which we have beautiful certified pedigree genetics and more, of course, coming online all the time. But when it came to the extract varieties, these farmers on top of every other variable factor that you named, weather, rain, government interference, all of those things, they also didn't have crop insurance and they were being sold many of them magic beans by unscrupulous seed sellers telling them uh, everything that a, that a farmer might want to hear if they're growing for extract um, and things that were not true, such as all of these seeds are feminized. Uh, this is 18% CBD, 0% THC, all of those things. Um, and then causing the farmer tremendous labor, whether they be pulling males or recognizing that instead of four phenotypes, they had 17 phenotypes. And instead of 18% CBD, it was more like six. And instead of 0% THC, God forbid, it was more like 0.3%. It was more like one and 2%, which rendered the crop entirely non-compliant and needing to be destroyed. Um, so it is just amazing um, what farmers, especially being the real heroes here of of this emerging hemp crop, because without them putting the seeds in the ground, Roger, as you know, we got nothing. We've got no hemp to work with if it doesn't get planted. That's right. Yes, that's right. And uh, there was a lot of uh, misleading salespeople trying to upon uh, off seed that that uh, saying it had all these good characteristics and it and it and it and they weren't there and it wasn't there and. Um, we did plant some CBD ourselves, myself, and I. My wife is from Kazakhstan, Joy, and and my we have I have two partners I work with from Kazakhstan, and we did a little bit of CBD hemp or cannabinoid hemp, and uh, we had really good results. We had uh, we started them in the greenhouse. We uh, we're just doing it as an educational for educational mainly, but we are doing some marketing though also learning from that we planted two acres and we ended up with uh between 13 to uh, just over 20 percent uh, cbd content uh and the thc level was uh just it barely got by but it did get by and we had uh very good very good products we're we're selling a little bit in the, in the smokable market but uh um uh, uh we're working with the the government in kazakhstan and uh and maybe trying to develop a program there too, um, um, and um, see if we can make something over there too, make something like that work. I love hearing that, and I'm so glad that you had success. And like any smart farmer, you did two acres, not a hundred. Good job. Um, <laughs> That's true. And, and boy, I sure hope if there's anything I can ever do to help you as you work with these other countries and, and with anything, any of your advocacy and activist efforts. Roger, that you'll never hesitate um, to reach out to me. It's just a, 
a pleasure to be able to work on anything with you. And, um, and just so thrilled to hear of, of healthy oil seed success um, and getting into its international reach and its export reach. This is so fantastic. As we close up here, anything on the horizon, uh, whether for healthy oil seeds specifically or for the hemp foods market in general that you would want to share uh, with our listeners? Well, we'd like to get into a lot more exporting. I mean, we've exported. And when I talk about exporting, we're not exporting like a, a five-gallon pail or a 55-gallon barrel or something, but we're filling up full containers full of products. We'd like to get into do a lot more exporting. And there's a lot of countries we're, we're, we're working with that, and, and trying to make something like that work. We're working with uh, uh, potentially in the in near future, exporting into to Brazil, into um, uh, South Korea, uh, doing some business in Japan. Uh, what else? Uh, at least a couple more countries though too. But we want to get into more exporting and that's uh, uh, just to find more markets and, and to, I, I and I, um, it's, it's exciting though. The markets in, in America are very exciting. It's, one thing I, I really like about the our customers is that most of them ask for American-grown product, and I'm really happy to hear that. And I don't have any problem with the, our Canadian neighbors, Canadian friends, but I, I it's really nice to hear that they're asking for American-grown or at least North American-grown product. Indeed, and after all of these years of prohibition, people want to take advantage of our freedom of, of growing this plant, which has finally been liberated and has reclaimed its place, its place in the broad light of day with all of America's other agricultural commodities. And yes, people are getting real satisfaction um, from that. And, and it's really wonderful. Well, boy, all of us at Hemp Barons and from every role that I hail, brother, we are wishing you and Healthy Oil Seeds and your whole family so much success. Very grateful to have you on today. Can't wait to have you back. And and listeners, you can go right to our website to find all of the links uh, to be able to reach Roger. And Roger, thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you for everything that you do to advance this incredible crop. Joy, thank you so much, too. Thank you for everything you've done. I'm a great admirer of you. Thank you, Joy. So equal, brother. It's a pleasure to be and an honor to be your reflection. Until we talk again, healthy, safe, and great positive vibrations to you and your family. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down.